Hello, Knox community. Today is Sunday, May 10, 2020. Today we explore a passage from John 14. Jesus is seeking to further equip his disciples as they follow him on the way. Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The scene in the passage is before Jesus was crucified. He and his disciples are in Jerusalem for the Passover festival. It's evening and they are sharing what will be their last meal together. This is the night that the betrayal of his disciple Judas will lead to Jesus' arrest and sentenced to death as an enemy of the state. The atmosphere is tense. Though Jesus has won many friends and followers through his ministry of compassion, he has also won many enemies who see him as a threat to their familiar way of life. The disciples are anxious, yet they still have hope that Jesus as Messiah will overcome everything they dread, the horrific persecution, suffering, and possible death by the hands of their Roman occupiers. Jesus has come to understand his fate by this point. He is anxious and deeply grieved. He's grieved also for the path his disciples will soon take. He knows they will soon be overcome by grief and anxiety in the wake of his death. So he says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. The word here for troubled in the Greek is the same word used to describe Jesus' heart when he learned about the death of his good friend Lazarus. So Jesus understands grief and loss. It's out of love and compassion that he speaks to his disciples now. Our world today understands grief, loss, anxiety. Over 265,000 people have died worldwide due to COVID-19. Over 75,000 in the United States. In the U.S., COVID-19 is disproportionately killing people of color and devastating our indigenous communities and the poor. And our Asian American siblings have become targets of hate crimes. And the already marginalized are now lacking even more food and money and shelter. In the face of this inequity and injustice that this pandemic is revealing more each day, God, our creator, grieves, and so do we. And we each live with personal anxiety and grief. For the world we once knew is gone with no guarantee we will ever go back to some normal. A friend lamented this week that so much of the grief we feel is not the kind someone will bring a casserole for. And when we normally would bring a casserole for those grieving deaths of loved ones, the pandemic prevents us from easily and safely doing so. Many of us grieve the loss of not being able to be at the bedside of our sick 
and dying friend or family member. We're not able to gather in person for a funeral to help one another grieve and heal. Grief and anxiety has afflicted healthcare workers who feverishly work to treat and save others, often risking their own lives. And other essential workers we also know feel the anxiety of serving the public during this time. We grieve the loss of connections with family, friends, classmates, co-workers, or the loss of milestones like graduation, proms, and for our Knox youth group, the loss of going to the Montreat Youth Conference this year, such a highlight for their journey of faith. So many of us are lonely. Those living alone may not have shared a hug or a handshake for over eight weeks now. Many who are recovering from addiction feel the loss of community that helps them stay clean and sober. And today they are really struggling. Our teachers missed out on goodbyes to their students and were suddenly thrust into the steep learning curve of virtual teaching. Many of us grieve the loss of freedom of movement, of simply getting a haircut or going to the movies or going to school or a workplace where there is stability and safety where at home life may be dangerous and unstable. And for many, the financial security of just two months ago is gone. Today is Mother's Day, a day that brings joy to many. And as you find creative and safe ways to celebrate, we celebrate with you. But this year brings losses for many who won't be able to share hugs with their kids and grandkids. And for other mothers, this day is simply hard every year as it triggers feelings of loss over the grief of deaths of mothers, of children born or unborn, or the trauma of a troubled mother-child relationship and the grief of not becoming a mother yet or ever. And for all of these losses, we grieve with you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus said. But Jesus, our hearts are very troubled. Jesus continues, there are many dwelling places in my father's house and I'm going there to prepare a place for you. This passage is often read at funerals to bring hope to the bereaved that their loved ones who have died are with God in a new home, in a new life. But what about us who are still here? We could use the shelter of God's dwelling place right now. So could those first disciples. And it's then Jesus seeks to console. New Testament scholar Lindsay Jodry shares that the Greek words for dwelling places are related to the concept of abiding. In the last chapter of John, Jesus tells his disciples to abide with him, to dwell in him. But this promise of God's dwelling was not meant to offer physical security. 
It goes much deeper than that. The disciples don't understand, but they try. They long for certainty. And Thomas asked, teacher, we have no idea where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus replies, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Believe. Like Thomas and Philip and the others, we too may be thinking, what do you mean, Jesus? In our desire for certainty in this ever-changing pandemic landscape, fraught with anxiety and loss, we may want to tell Jesus, just show us the way. We may wonder, does Jesus really understand? James Finley, Christian contemplative and clinical psychologist, assures us that Jesus does get it. In his podcast, Turning to the Mystics, Finley reminds us that Jesus, who walked this earth as one of us, saw that it was filled with fear and worry. But he also saw in each person the capacity to be liberated from fear and worry. In the scriptures, Finley points out every person who encountered Jesus came away different than before. In each person, along with their fear, anxiety, and grief, Jesus also sees the untapped potential for divine, invincible love, generosity, and goodness that's in all of us, which Jesus knows to be our true and God-given nature, our divine image that can become buried under the rubble of our traumas, anxiety, and confusion. But as Finley writes, it can never be destroyed. So Finley encourages us to look closely, to notice the truth that Jesus speaks of, that there is more love and beauty and generosity and surprises than we could ever grasp just in the goodness of people, even in the midst of trouble. Troubled times can block us from experiencing that sustaining love of God. Anxiety can stifle the tender-hearted person that we are called to be as those created in God's image. So how do we come out from under the rubble and let that goodness within each of us come out? Finley says, by your very life, through humility, service, and acts of loving kindness and prayer. In other words, by heeding the call of Jesus who said, believe in me. Belief not as an intellectual journey to some right thought, but belief as faith in action, following Jesus living as he lived, loving as he loved. Jesus tells his disciples, the one who believes in me will do the works that I do and even greater works. And Jesus says, when you do my work of love, compassion and mercy, that is how you abide in me. That is how you dwell in your room in my father's house. That is how you will experience the invincible love of God 
in whom we all live and move and have our being. No act of loving kindness or compassion is too small to help lift us from under the rubble of anxiety or grief in our lives. Nor is it ever too small to help lift another out from under their own burdens in order that we all might be free. Even if we have limited mobility, we can do the works of Jesus. Many of you made sandwiches this past week to help our daily bread feed the homeless right from your own kitchen table. Collectively, you made 1,400 sandwiches. Some of you are making masks from home and the Knox Deacons just began a ministry to help more of you do so. And other not too small ways to love and serve are simply to wonder about someone each day and then call, text, or write to them. Or you can simply pray right there from your dwelling place. You can join the Knox Abide Prayer Ministry in praying for those on our prayer list. Or pick a country each day and learn a little more about it and pray for God's highest good for its people and its leader. And friends, what we know is true is that it's not only by doing the works of Jesus that brings us into the light and joy of God's presence, but it's also by witnessing the goodness of others. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, says, Beloved, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, commendable, whatever is worthy of praise, not only keep doing those things, but keep contemplating these things. And the God of peace will be with you. When we contemplate goodness, we become alert to it. And the anxiety and grief that threatens to overwhelm will be joined by the peace of God. During this time of sheltering in place, instead of rushing off to the gym first thing in the morning, I now head to the woods. Like many of you, I find solace in nature. And in my woods walks, I calm down and I'm able to notice goodness. Trail gems, I call them. Like birds I've never seen before. Most recently, the scarlet tanager and indigo bunting at least never seen in the wild before. And this past week, the trail gems I noticed were from the goodness of others. And I'd like to show you a couple of those. This first photo is a trail gem of a little dog formed from the clay from the creek bed that someone took time to make and to perch on top of the trail marker post for the rest of us to enjoy. And from there, I climbed up from the creek deeper into the woods, eyes on the trail to avoid a fall or an ankle twist on the big roots and rocks. And I saw this next trail gem, a stone inscribed with hope, offered by another for the rest of us. Not only did I feel God smiling at me, I felt connected with my other humans, a big blessing during sometimes lonely days. 
In studying today's passage with others this past week, one person paraphrased Jesus' teaching like this. Watch what I'm doing. I'm a simple guy. Do what I do. Goodness is simple. A little clay dog making a sandwich, a phone call, a mask, saying a prayer. In conclusion, I want to share a pandemic-inspired psalm of lament and hope written by a friend here in Cincinnati, Mary Tarbell Green. She refers to our current reality as sheltering in grace and creating sacred distancing. She writes, Please stop. If you are to enter back into what you hope is normal, don't. Relish this time we've had to carry a global burden of grief, to exercise kindness, maybe breathe deeper out of slower pace, frustrations, loss, or all. This time when we've tried recipes, prayed differently, made conscious eye contact because our mouths are masked, stepped aside on a path or a sidewalk to give safe distance. Among the challenges of this COVID time, what surprised you? What nurtured you? What expanded you? What deepened you? Cherish that. Secure that. Capture that. We have been a new sad, a new angry, a new frustrated, a new slow, a new solemn. We can see LA, Chicago, New York, Beijing. We can see their skylines. We've had the most extraordinary spring here with 832 different hues of green, tulips, daffodils, magnolia, blossoms, an air that is beyond crisp, clean, life-giving. We've offered our sorrow and prayers for patients, families, nurses, doctors, chaplains that we have never known, nor will we. We have been stretched, bent, twisted, sung to, sidewalk chalked to, had our grocery carts cleaned, our groceries checked out behind plexiglass, our hearts ache for those without jobs and food. Do not go back to normal on me. Take a gift, any gift, your COVID lesson or legacy and propagate that, generate that. Friends, Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled, believe. Thanks be to God, our mother, our father.